Novius Nutrition is chewing on that chunky peanut butter, and we're not mad about it. This is a one-hour food fight against diet culture and nutrition misinformation. Instead, we're passionate about celebrating real wellness. I'm registered dietitian Hannah McGee. And I'm neuroscience PhD student Tark Youssef, and this is No BS Nutrition. Hannah is coming us to coming to us live from the middle of the woods. <laughs> no, well, the beautiful so, thing about the 21st century is that you can actually record a podcast from anywhere, including a cottage. A cottage in PEI. Yeah. So to kind of be transparent with you guys, the interview portion of this episode that's coming up, I had to record it um, at a friend's cottage in PEI because I agreed to go well pat and i agreed to go and then Tarek and i already had this interview with our guests lined up and i totally slipped my mind so i was like how am i gonna do this so i literally sat in like a teeny tiny bedroom in my friend's parents cottage while everyone was literally like a meter away in the next room eating breakfast they were like I at the dining room table such a trooper and i really appreciate you honestly anything for the pod and, and that's, <laughs> that's what we always say hannah and i say we we actually have matching tattoos right behind our ears that say anything for the pod seriously <laughs> um but no it was actually it worked out really well the wi-fi was great that's what i was worried about so yeah it was great um so well for now, a moment there we thought you were gonna do the interview from a moving car <laughs> i know i said like if worse comes to worse i will like open up a hotspot and record in the car <laughs> and that's the kind of dedication you can expect from us totally yeah you guys we love you we're so dedicated yeah we totally love you yeah so anyways now we're in the future <laughs> uh from that part we're we're actually recording does that make any sense i don't know yeah um, it does make sense okay somehow it does make sense. <laughs> we are gonna chat about the bs of the week and um, and then we'll insert our interview afterwards so you guys can hear it all. And it will sound like it's all one, hopefully, with my pro editing skills. We're actually, the people for production companies from around the world have been calling us, calling us nonstop <laughs> because our editing skills are so good. They just, they're like, how are you doing it? How are you doing it? <laughs> Which, you know, for a small fee of $100,000 an hour, we will make that information available but until <laughs> that moment comes until that moment comes top secret Anna, Anna, what, what's your bs of the week okay let me tell you so this is actually coming straight from the heart this bs of the week okay. i had something written down that i was going to talk about but then something else transpired that got me a little bit fired up so i wanted to talk about that so this is another TikTok BS of the week. Okay. Because we all know that I we're I, young and relevant. We're young and relevant and we spend hours on TikTok, at least I do. Um so actually the one that I was gonna talk about was also a TikTok one, but this is a different one. So we'll save the other one for another day. TikTok but, hive mind super signal signal blast to this episode because we're so TikToky. Okay, what? That makes sense. I don't know, just keep going. <laughs> I, I really went. I really went for a joke there. It just didn't land. It went it just, over my head. It went over my head. Um, okay, so 
I want to talk about the concept. It's, it's the greater concept of, and there's actually like books and a website called this, but like. And when there's a website, you know it's true. You No, it's not. This is what I'm, Tara, <laughs> come on. This is what I'm debunking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I went over my head again. It's been a long day. <laughs> All right. Um, how do I want to say this? I came across this video that went pretty viral on TikTok. And it, well, it was actually created by someone who already has about a million followers and they create recipes on their, in their TikTok videos. And, and I think they're, I didn't really look into this person's page that much, but it looks like they're supposed to be like nutritious or healthy recipes, but they have no like credentials or anything like that. They're just cooking on TikTok, which is great. But they made this video saying like, this is the start of my eat this, not that series. So big red flag. Interesting. Like, just that wording makes me of course. Mm, a little yeah. angry. Makes it sound like there's going to be some food shaming. Totally. And that's exactly what it was. So this, um, this individual goes on to s- show um, a jar of peanut butter. And she's like, this jar of, I think it was like Skippy peanut butter, contains so and so many calories and so and so many grams of fat. And then she's like, but this, and she shows this like peanut butter powder. Do you know what those are? Like the peanut butter powder, like for, PB Fit for protein and PB2. shakes and stuff? Yeah, but some people, but you can actually mix them with water and almost create like, oh, like reconstitute peanut butter peanut with peanut it. Butter? Yeah. But the thing is, the peanut butter powder has like almost all of the fat removed from it. So, so it's, it's just like, like gravel, <laughs> like yes. unappealing. <laughs> right, right. So it's like so much less fat and calories than I think it's like half the fat and calories of regular peanut butter. So essentially, she's saying like you should eat this, and you can eat double the amount of reconstituted peanut butter than regular peanut butter if you eat this powder. There's so many things wrong with that. So already. many things wrong with that. So I, you know, was a little alarmed at that. And this this person has a million followers on TikTok. The video got millions of views. And I was like, this is not okay. So I did a little like reaction to the video or like I duetted okay. the video. Clap That's... back queen. Right. Anna so <laughs> I was like, I just, and I wasn't mean. I, I just said in the video, like, okay, this is like a great example of, diet culture being perpetuated like we're shaming one food and like and she's blatantly saying eat this not that like she's calling this series eat this not that so she's shaming regular peanut butter and favoring like like you said gravel like by the way presumably so expensive like prohibitively expensive way more expensive just like so many things wrong with it like you said it's like hyper processed at that point yeah exactly to remove all the fat exactly so the video that i did it got a good response um but and you know i it got a lot of people saying thank you so much for saying this like i'm glad you said that i'm glad you pointed that out you're right like this is you know a good example of diet culture and what i said about it being an example of diet culture is that it was just perpetuating the idea that as long as something is lower in fat and calories, it's automatically healthier, which you and I, Tarek, know is so not true. And so just, not true. And the idea that like people should always want to be eating less calories. Like it's, it's just all about minimizing the amount of calories that you eat. And that's also not true. So that's what I pointed out. And 
I also got a lot of backlash from people commenting saying oh, really? like, oh yeah, some people, people on TikTok are mean, man. Like they well, are. You, when you hide behind a screen, it's really easy to be a yeah, troll. Yeah, totally. So a lot of people said like, you know, you're really reading into this too far. Like she was just showing a better option, like, or she's just, you know, showing an option for people who want to lose weight and blah, 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 blah. Like, but again, like so many, there's still so many things wrong with those comments because, you know, if weight loss is a journey that you want to be on, you can still eat regular peanut butter. So again, there's something wrong with that. I also struggle with the part where you said like, um, she was saying you could eat twice the amount of something like that shouldn't right. be the point of trying to like right. change around I totally like nutrient dense foods yes. to like and increase your serving size. Yes. Someone made a comment about, or I'm sure several people, there's like hundreds of comments on the video that I um, did like the reaction video and someone said something like, you know, Oh, well I just like to eat more or whatever. And I was like, okay, but what if we, let our bodies, like we'll talk about it with our, um, with our guests, like what if we let our bodies tell us how much to eat rather than just like always wanting to be eating more for less calories? Like, you know, what if we tuned in and let our bodies regulate how much we want to eat rather than like just feeling like we can eat more because it's lower in calories or eat more, um, you know, sugar-free like low-fat brownies than like just a regular brownie you know what i mean like and i hope people know that when we say that we're saying that like with the subtext knowing that it's a very it can be a very long and kind of difficult process and it's a process that we recommend you know if you need help with you seek that help from a dietitian your physician or other health practitioner for but that's what i totally understand that like you shouldn't be following these like easy fix rules because in fact they're probably going to perpetuate further problems like hannah's saying yeah and exactly so you know eating solely under that like um, I don't know that rule that like you should be, you know, eating things that are lower in calories so you can eat more of them just like puts you farther away from your hunger and fullness signals because you're, you're like reducing food to numbers and to calories and oh, I can right. eat two cups of this versus one cup of this, even though you might actually be full at one cup, but because you can eat two, you just eat two because it's lower in calories. You know what I mean? It just kind of steers us further away from actually listening to our bodies, which to me, I don't think that's necessarily like healthy or normal eating if we're not listening to what our bodies are And I'm sorry you were getting like mean comments. Oh, it's fine. Honestly, like it's kind of humorous on TikTok. But anyway, so yeah, I just, I wanted to mention that because we, like I said, you and I know, Tarek, that just because something is lower in fat and calories – it's not automatically healthier. We actually brought this up in one of our early episodes in season one, where we talked a bit about the Kerbo app for children from Weight Watchers or right. WW and how That's they had like the, the red light and green light foods and like something like almond butter was a red light food because it was high in calories and fat. But it's like, that's actually a really nutritious food. It shouldn't be something that people are like, hesitant or cautious to eat and same with peanut butter like regular peanut butter right like these very nutritious foods that like there's no reason to be cutting out the fat from or like yeah reducing it to this powder and removing all the fat it it, to me it's silly because those fats we need healthy fats in our diet peanut butter or almond butter whatever nut butters are a great source of unsaturated fats that are beneficial for many reasons but when we, we're just reducing food, again, like I said, to fat and calories or to less fat and calories, which is 
you know, right. to me, that's and shaming not, other foods and yeah, yeah. and to me, that's not what healthy eating and healthy living is about. So sometimes I wonder like, why can't people like that? Like if you are somebody who's interested in having like a peanut butter protein shake or whatever, why not just like write your recipe up and call it a day rather than shaming regular peanut butter at the same time? Yeah. Like exactly. Just like stay in your lane. <laughs> Totally, totally. And I will say I have tried that peanut butter powder. Actually, it was a few years ago. A a company sent me, like they had a whole range of different products. And one of the products they had was a peanut butter powder. And it was like back, they, you know, they were, they were interested in some sort of partnership or whatever. And I had to, they sent me the product. I tried it. I absolutely hated it. Like I was like, this is disgusting. (laughs) This peanut butter powder tastes nothing like peanut butter. It's gross. Like I want to eat real peanut butter. Like I guess, yeah, you could add the peanut butter powder to smoothies or things like that. But the fact that it says like- It would kind of dilute the flavor at that point It does. Yeah. And the fact that it says on the package, like just mix with two tablespoons of water or whatever, like to get peanut butter. So, you know, it's clearly intended to be a replacement for regular peanut butter. I was like, I said to the brand, like, sorry, I can't, like, I didn't like this. I'm not working with it's, you. It's <laughs> almost sounding like meal replacement vibes. Like totally. this is like all the protein you need from a totally. meal, like whatever, yeah. put it in a shake. Yes, absolutely. It's, and that's what so many people commented as well. Like, but it's such a good source of protein. Like, oh, it's so high in protein. I use it as so a protein is peanut shake. butter. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but peanut butter is a good source of protein and fat, which to me is like, you're getting more bang for your buck. So totally. anyways, so that's my BS of the week. This idea that just because something's lower in calories and fat, it's healthier. And the concept of like, eat this, not that. Like, why do we have to pin foods against one another? Why do we have to shame one food and like elevate another? Why can't all food just be food? Like, and I said to some people, if you, I'm going on a freaking rant here, but if you, um, if you like peanut butter powder, like you genuinely like it, or maybe you really love it in smoothies, or maybe you somehow, sorry, but maybe you do like the taste better. Like Some, that's, Somehow. <laughs> and that's the reason that you're You sick it. and twisted freak. You <laughs> love peanut butter powder. <laughs> no, but like if, if you genuinely do like it, great. Like that's fine. Wonderful. If that's the reason yeah, you're eating totally. it. But if you're eating it just because it's lower in fat and calories and someone on TikTok told you that you should be eating it instead of peanut butter, there's something wrong there. I agree. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't be yucking someone else's yum in order for you to feel good. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. I that was a wonderful BS of the week and very passionate BS of the very week. Very passionate. You know, like I said, straight from the heart. I didn't even have notes. I just went with it. Straight from the heart, full raw peanut butter, unprocessed. <laughs> yes. Just the yeah. real deal. Full fat. Yeah. All right, so now we are going to welcome our guest. Okay, so yeah, Tarek, we're super excited to welcome a special guest on the podcast again this week. Are you excited, Tarek? You excited? I Diane? actually am very, very excited because this special guest, and I won't, you know, won't ruin the surprise, but this special guest is working on a very special project, which is, yeah. I don't know, to me seems like a really unique way to look at nutrition uh, that I think a lot of people would find really interesting. I think so. I'm really interested to find more out about it. So with that said, today we are welcoming Tony Marinucci to the podcast. So Tony is a registered dietitian with a master's degree in nutrition and dietetics. She's from Westchester, New York, and she is the business owner of Diet Tips with Tony Marinucci. She provides online nutrition coaching. She works with busy 
working women who struggle knowing how to fuel their bodies optimally so they can have the energy and self-confidence to live a life of freedom and freedom from negative thoughts, self-doubt, and what-ifs. So that is so amazing. She also uses her social media platforms to end the restrictive diet culture. We love that. (laughs) By providing simple strategies to help people commit to healthier living with a scientific base evidence and real world application. So we're all about that too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So Tony recently gave a TEDx talk, amazing, and is working on her very first book where she discusses the parallels between dieting, dating, and romantic relationships and how we treat them the same. So juicy. I'm literally, I'm so excited to talk about this. So this is a concept that, you know, she's here to talk about today and we're so excited to hear what she has has to say. So welcome to the podcast, Tony. Thank you so much, guys. I'm so excited to be here. It's really, really a pleasure. Yeah, we're yeah, we're so, looking forward to it. Yeah, we're so, so excited. So honestly, I think we should jump right in. And maybe, Tony, before we talk about your book, tell us about yourself and your journey as a dietitian, what led you to becoming a dietitian, and, and just a little bit about your work. Sure. So it started really, really young. Um, I grew up overweight to a loving Greek and Italian family. And although food was love and part of the culture, Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, I loved food, but I was always being teased about my weight. And it got to a point where I felt like, well, I wanted to, I wanted to change the way that I looked because I felt like I would be more accepted. Right. Um, you know, for a very young age, I never had any boys crushing on me. And I just thought I blamed my weight for that. And that obviously traveled with me into uh, my teenage years and then even to young adulthood. But All that to say that I so badly wanted to change the way that my body looked Mm. that I decided to do all the the kind of restrictive diets that you see and that in magazines, um, I would just, you know, I, you know, the, the basic, like eat less, move more, but I took that to the extreme. Right. So I would eat an orange for the day and then I would try I was athletic. I played a lot of sports. So even though I was the bigger girl on the basketball court, like I felt like my weight was the reason why I couldn't be on varsity as a senior, as a freshman. Like I was trying to always be a little bit better Mm -hmm. than, you know, than I could be, but, and I always just thought my weight was the reason why I was never excelling. I was always really good at things, but never excelling. And I needed to excel. And the reason why was solely because of my weight. So (laughs) I blame my weight on everything. And it really limited me in a lot of things. Um, Long story short, I realized that restriction wasn't the answer. It was actually part Mm -hmm. of the problem. And I needed to stop trying to focus on how food was going to make me look and instead focus on food, how food was going to make me feel. And with that, like kind of mindset shift, I started really using food as fuel. I looked at it as like a positive thing to give my body energy and Mm -hmm. to feel good. Um, And then I slowly like would remove myself from like those restrictive eating habits. And then somehow I magically found balance because we all know that when we focus on just adding more nutrient dense foods and balance, then we actually no longer feel deprived. And then we no longer feel like we have to just, you know, do un- unhealthy eating behaviors like restriction or over or over um over exercising as a way to get rid of your food like it can right. be really really unhealthy. And um so all that to say that I when I did that when I started focusing more on balance I felt so good like just my confidence was up, my energy was up, my focus was up, my was better in school and sports and all these things and it's just all that like mental weight of not thinking about food all the time just in general is probably a positive change totally 
totally yeah i mean and and like yeah because you know like i don't i i'm i'm like most people i think can relate to just food constantly being on your mind and the stress that plays on you and it's just so emotionally draining and exhausting and you have no space to think of anything else and so um it was very freeing when i when i stopped kind of looking at food at the en- as the enemy yeah um, you know and then yeah so the long story short um even though i said that like three times i basically became <laughs> no, this a dietitian. Is the whole podcast as we say and we just have one more thing to say that's the yeah, whole podcast we, seriously <laughs> so i became a registered dietitian and ever since then i've really been helping people to kind of break up with that restriction and learn to figure out what works best for them because as you know there's no one size fits all approach right and it takes a lot of trial and error but i encourage people to embrace that mm-hmm. um stop looking at things as the the end all be all rather and instead look at it more as an experiment and test and know that as you change and your body changes and your likes and your dislikes like that's okay your nutrition and your diet can change too it should be reflective of your lifestyle if you want it to be sustainable yeah I really like that and I love that you I don't know you're I think Tarek and I can both relate but it's it's interesting to hear that your like personal life experiences kind of shape how you counsel clients now and Tarek and I we've talked about this on the podcast before, but we both had similar experiences growing up with like being teased about our weight or comments Mm -hmm. made about our weight and that really influencing our relationships with food and our bodies and exercise throughout the years. And we're finally, you know, in a place where we recognize how harmful some of the behaviors we thought were healthy actually were. And so it's definitely our, you know, our mission as well to, you know, bring awareness to that and, and steer people away from the, you know, diet culture and restriction and, and Mm. those things that are actually way more detrimental than they are healthy. So we're totally on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what disordered eating is, it's usually like skipping meals or excluding whole food groups or, you know, feeling guilty after eating. Like that is, unfortunately, that's the world that we live in. And the media portrays that as normal. As healthy. Oh yeah. And that's not healthy and that's not normal. But like dis- disordered eating has been glorified as this yeah. like, positive thing, and it's just totally so so That's the damaging. Difference. It's like it's not even that it's portrayed as healthy. It's the portrayed as like you're you're like being brave and like you're yeah you're glorified. You you're put on a pedestal yeah. for yeah willpower for yeah, doing willpower. these harmful what is that? things. <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> what, what, what the hell is that? Um, well, thank you. Yeah, for telling us a little bit about what you do. And I mean, yeah, like I said, it sounds like we're all on the same page. So one thing we're really excited to hear about is this book that you're working on. So tell us about that. Tell us what inspired it and and what experiences led you to want to write this book about the parallels between dieting and dating and relationships. Yeah. So I'm super excited to share this with you guys. Yeah. So once again, thank you for having me and being able to utilize your platform as a way to share this message. Of I course. find like it, we say so many of the same, everybody, and the, like the good RDs and the good um, like health professionals, we're really trying so hard to get people away from being tied to diet culture and instead just embracing healthier living and, and, um, I found that this was finally like a way that I think I could like reach more people because sometimes Mm -hmm. we have to say the same thing just in a different way for someone to actually understand it. Right. Um, And so all that to say, I grew up, like I said, I grew up overweight and I was always the guy's friend, but never the the girlfriend sort of a situation. Okay. Um, and I was Oh my God, told- this is going to be a five hour episode. Like, <laughs> I, that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> so, 
So, um, but also basically, um, at the same time of, of being teased for my weight, I was also getting told that, you know, if I don't lose this weight, no boy's ever going to like me like direct words. And so that sinks in at, when you're young. That was like, I was like 10 years old, totally. you know? So like you hear that stuff and you just grab it. And then you want, like, that's why I blame my weight on everything. Right. But so basically, um, eventually at a certain point I got my nutrition together, but I'd be lying if I said I got the relationship thing together because for so long I thought that my weight determined my worth. And so I would get into relationships that were so damaging and unhealthy just because for so long I never even got attention from boys or from men. And then when I went to college and I actually started, like I said, eating healthier, I was more confident. And the ironic part, guys, I never, I didn't even lose weight. I was just Mm. like, I was more vibrant. I was more happy. was more and like people were paying attention to that you know people you're attracted to people with like good energy right oh totally personality is like confidence yeah if people ignore the idea that personality is really the number one thing i'm like then how can you even have a relationship are you just going to be silent in your relationship the whole time (laughs) right no it's so it's so true so um basically the very first guy who gave me attention um became my boyfriend like literally (laughs) and there was nothing wrong with that um you know he actually ended up it was like a really good relationship but it did take me about three years to realize that he wasn't the one for me because I was just never open to the signs and the same thing actually applied to my nutrition because and this is so the purpose of the book came from I started I wrote my a TED talk and so hopefully we'll be able to see the TED talk soon or they're taking their time to get it up on YouTube but hopefully (laughs) it will be there um Shout out to Ted, you know, get those people in the editor's rooms, please. So I, it's okay. COVID happened. So everyone gets right. a pass for the whole yes. year. <laughs> yeah, 2020 is a write-off. But anyway, so I share in the talk that, you know, the the very first person who gave me gave me attention became the person that I like was, became in a relationship with. But at the same time, I also was like so desperate to wanting to lose weight in a more sustainable way. And the first diet that we learned about in college was vegetarianism. So I jumped into being a vegetarian thinking, okay, this is healthy. And it, it can be. So I'm not saying that's right. not. But right. in my totally. mind, I was like, I really just was hoping, okay, not only am I going to lose weight, I'm going to get a date. Like, this is just <laughs> like, this is like college for me. Yeah. It's a fresh start. Like, I'm losing weight. I'm going to be in a relationship for the first time in my life. Like, blah, blah, blah. So all that to say, it took me about three years to realize that neither being a vegetarian nor being in that relationship worked for me. Like, so right. funny, like you, but you make a good point because like it's yeah. definitely been something that I've thought about when I was growing up too. It's like, oh my gosh, like if I can just like look the way I think people want me to look, like mm-hmm. this is how everyone's going to fall in love with me. But mm-hmm. it definitely wasn't like, I wasn't thinking about like working on my confidence or like working on my you know, personality or conversation or things mm-hmm. like that. It was just looks. Yeah. Looking back on it, it's just so, I mean, obviously I wasn't in a good place. Yeah. Well, I think honestly, I feel like that's a lot of us. That's what growing up is. And that's yeah. why I feel, I feel like those who, it doesn't matter like really what age you are. I think the sooner that you recognize that like, it doesn't matter what people think or say, it's really what you matter of you. And that's the only opinion that we really should be going by. I feel like that, those are the people who really are like have grown up. You know, and that could be at any age. But unfortunately, I feel like most of us grow up that way and we don't really get to that point until like, I don't know, definitely like after college years. Well, because what are we watching on TV? It's like all these, you know, I mean, for lack of a better word, like emaciated people on TV, like getting the guy, you know, Mm -hmm. for example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the, and, and I brought, I bring this up a lot, but like you think of like Disney and that's what we watch as children. And like all of the, the women who it's all the, all of the stories are all about like just trying to get the guy or so finding good. love or like, and it's never about like and being the figuring fairest out who one of you them are. All. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. it's always just about like, Oh, well, let me change everything about myself. Like Cinderella. That's the example I use in my Ted talk. Like let me let me change everything about myself and then then I'll be no, no, noticed by the prince right like so yeah. I felt that same way I felt like I needed to change everything about myself and then I would get noticed for for the guys but all that to say um so that's like one aspect of why I feel like there's a good correlation between right. like dieting dating and, rom- and romantic relationships but then as I started when I became a dietitian I started noticing like all of my clients both previous like before they started working with me they would jump from diet to diet and they were hoping so badly they wanted it to be Mm. different and they kept thinking like this is going to be the one this is how I'm going to lose the weight and keep it off for good but it doesn't work like that we know that for one there's no one-size-fits-all approach and then for two like even even if it was chances of it being a perfect fit for you are pretty slim right you have to kind of test the waters you have to date around right so you have to try different things you know maybe Maybe you think you have a GI issue, so maybe gluten-free does work for you, but that doesn't mean you need to be gluten-free, dairy-free, and soy-free, right? So, like, figuring out that out or, like, when I learned from being a vegetarian, it's like I don't need to exclude animal protein to be healthy. I just – as long as their vegetables are predominantly on the dish and they're, like, most of the plate, like, that can be healthy and balanced too. Yeah. Because, you know, like, it depends on who you are and what your needs are, and that's what dating is, right? You figure out – you know, I've dated a lot of people that there are some great qualities to them, but then there's not some not so great qualities. And then you have to decide, like, is it worth putting in the work? Because at the end of the day, a relationship or even committing to healthy, healthier living, like there is work. If you like what it's giving you, you're going to have to keep putting in that same amount of effort to get that Absolutely. in return. Yeah. So it's being able to decipher, like, is this worth it or is it not worth it? But just because one is or isn't doesn't mean you need to just go you know now like completely like that all or nothing mindset it's either like yeah. you're 100 percent committed or you're 100 percent like disconnected and it's like that's just that's just not how it works when it comes right. to nutrition for one and then with dating like maybe yeah maybe you need to like take a little bit of a break which is okay but you still have to then do your own personal development work to kind of figure out what it is about that past relationship that was not successful and at some point take some kind of responsibility for that um because although that person might not have been a good fit for you it doesn't necessarily make them a bad person it just means maybe you need to do better job saying yes or no just allowing certain people in your life or recognizing no, Tony, I think all on. my exes are pretty terrible people <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so funny because I um I will say that I probably one I had one ex is like a legitimate narcissist like actually right. like I could probably like actually diagnose him as a narcissist but all <laughs> the other ones were not um but um we kind of say that <laughs> yeah yeah I yeah. just like say that they're all terrible and I think I, I agree with you like I guess there's probably some really, you know what like, on the record whatever they're living their life good good luck to you (laughs) (laughs) but the point is is like we do have to take a little bit of responsibility and kind of take a look and be like why is it that we are allowing ourselves to stay in these relationships for as long as we are absolutely you know yeah okay so i have two things to say the first thing i want to say is i'm so glad that you guys like i can live vicariously through you guys and talking about your exes because (laughs) i Tarek knows this but you probably don't know this Tony. i have been in a relationship with my 
current boyfriend for 11 years since I was wow. I'm 25 since I was 14 years old so I cannot relate to any of this literally like about. high school sweethearts <laughs> yeah, but like even before in high, high school, school. Yeah. yeah so you are the anomaly yes exactly <laughs> right literally yes. you the are rare, the anomaly yeah that, yeah that like everybody I think hopes for so totally. yeah. yeah are you kidding like that's <laughs> all we wanted when we were 14 was to meet our true love yeah, like we I thought know. that we was to blame. Every, that's the thing everyone just wants to like figure it out and they want to find the one they want to figure out how their food like what foods they need to eat like they just want to figure it out and like hope that they don't have to search around or try or experiment right like, that's not how yeah, it i works. got lucky with that but the other thing i wanted to say is when you guys were talking about like the narcissistic ex to me that almost like the first thing that came to my mind was like the most like glamorous clean eating diet would be like the narcissistic ex like it's so like Ooh, you, know, yes. you know you they look great and you want to wake them. up and you have like a lemon water yeah, right yeah. but then they actually are like assholes to you and they make you feel like shit like so yeah. that's kind of like a super restrictive like diet it's like it looks really glamorous and you think everything's gonna be great and then you yes. actually end up like hating yourself and feeling like shit so that's yeah. well, that like, I just drew. No, and that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. I also want to throw this one at you. So most things in the beginning are easy. Right. right. So yeah. following a meal like plan. Like honeymoon period. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, exactly. That's exactly what I talk about in the book. And that's exactly what I talk about in the TED Talk is like there's always that honeymoon period. But then at a certain time, that novelty fades. Right. And then you really have to decide, like, is this someone that's worth kind of working out those kinks with? Or maybe it was just that. Maybe it was for a hot minute and it taught you a yeah. couple things and you're like, you know what, this person might be great in, in bed or they might be great in taking me out to dinner or whatever, but that doesn't mean you need to spend the rest of your life with this person. Totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, so it's being able to kind of recognize that, you know, and, and so sometimes we know that sometimes we go into situations knowing it's just going to be a fling and that's okay. But if you're going into a fling with like kind of well aware that they're not someone that you should be with for long term it's like questioning like now question like why are you doing it so like those people don't you always know from the very beginning like with diets and with dating it's like you know right from the offset you're like this is not a good idea and you just do it (laughs) yeah I don't know I mean I I maybe I'm gullible because for me it it was like for me I felt like the connection was just so real in my and they and they it was and then everything was great and then at one point it just wasn't and I just was so committed to like, there's two different people, right? There's people who are like extra committed and they want to beat a dead horse to life type of commitment. That is just like, when are you going to stop? Like, this is clearly not good. And then there's people who kind of just like test and dabble and jump and jump and jump and jump and never actually settle. Right. You all have that friend. I'm sure that's like just been the person who just like, dates around but never has an actual relationship and then there's people that are in these relationships that you know are not great and you're like why are you still with this person you know, you know what? Yeah. with dieting and dating hindsight is 2020 so always, who knows? always. <laughs> yeah. so that's exactly but that's exactly why i've created the book right it's yeah. because i want people right. I, and I say this very blatantly in the book. It's like, I'm not, I don't want you to not fall. I don't want you to not, it's not failing, right? I don't want you to not try things right. because like you need those experiences to really understand. At the same time, we don't need to repeat the same experience 
over and over and over again. I say this all right. the time, but it's so true. I dated five versions of the same guy just with a different name and a different face. Wow. It's like I could have learned my lesson after the first one. I didn't need to waste three to four years of my life being with people who just did not serve me, serve me in any way. Yeah, I Honey, think I can relate Netflix to series. that. Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> um, I think I can relate to that with things like calorie counting and like always yeah. like, recommitting to like the same thing, even though like over the years it was just consistently – not working. Like I I would be like committed to losing this many pounds or whatever. And I would always go back to like counting calories and being super strict about that. And it never worked. Like you would, you know, you'd drop a few pounds at first and then your body would like be like, no, this isn't for me. And like, you know, fight against that weight loss. Mm -hmm. Like we know it does, but then you'd like consistently go back to it every time and be like, no, it's going to work this time. It's going to work this time. And like, even with that, like, past knowledge that it didn't work you still have like hope so it's kind of like going back to the same guy like you just yep. hope it's going to work again but it doesn't yep. so one you thing so badly just want to be wanted or accepted yeah, or exactly mm-hmm. yeah so one thing i we're curious to know is so we've talked about kind of like dating and and meeting new people but when you when people get into relationships or they you know relationships start getting more serious like have you seen any evidence maybe from your clients or when you were writing this book for people's diets changing when they get into new relationships and like how do they change yeah I mean well it kind of goes back to that all or nothing thing you think about someone who it's so sad because it's like this is the reality when you're single you are eating quote unquote perfectly you're training you're maybe doing two it like you're trying to be in like going out looking good feeling confident when you go out like in really really good shape like that's the mindset especially if you break up with someone you're like I'll show him or I'll show her I definitely think a lot of people do that for sure Yeah, yeah you know it's like it's just to like prove it to them but really it's like why are you not trying to do that for yourself because then what happens right. is then they get into a relationship and if it's if it was based off of solely just aesthetic looks like it was solely based just mm. off aesthetics or just to like get into a relationship then these unhealthy eating habits and behaviors just somehow like meld and you like start you know you stop you think about like someone who even like gets into tries to like get super fit for their wedding dress and then like after that it's like the honeymoon phase all over again and then it's like they gain all the weight back or they or they just like just you know it becomes like oh they get ice cream together they eat you know they go out for you know they get um you know fast food together which is totally okay by the way you can totally totally eat those foods but the point being is that it like goes from one extreme to the other um yeah you never see on one of those shows like someone getting a dress to fit them that you always see them trying to fit into the dress yeah and and yeah and so the but one thing i usually tell people when they they do that is like your your partner is not responsible for your eating habits or your choices so although it's pretty common that someone will blame the other person for you know oh they always they eat ice cream in front of me or you know i was gonna eat you know i wanted to eat healthy but then like i saw that he got this and so I decided to order that too and maybe it's not the healthiest option like at the end of the day your response you are your only responsibility so I say that with love but there is no reason why the your if your spouse or partner is 
choosing to eat ice cream in front of you and you don't want ice cream, it's, they can eat ice cream. Like it's okay. (laughs) And like, you don't have to eat it or if you want to share with them, you can. But the point is, is that we have to stop blaming other people. So that goes back to kind of like taking responsibility for yourself and who you are. And I always tell people like, the more you love your decisions, the less you need others to love them. So it's all about getting really, really good and clear about what do you want for you rather than trying to like, be something or do something for something. Yeah, else. and I Can think you it's say that also- one more time, oh, sorry. Tony. Sorry, Hannah. <laughs> no, go ahead. Say the it more again. you love your decisions, the more you love your decisions, the less you need others to love them. Yeah, that's love really that. powerful. One thing I was going to say is like, oh my god, now I forgot what I was going to say. What was I going to say? Sorry, that's totally my fault. No, it's- I was too in love. I was no, too oh, in yeah, love yeah. with that line. No, it's okay. I was going to say it's almost like people have to, you know, when they get into relationships and and their food choices get affected by their significant other or they blame, like you said, their significant other for always keeping chips in the house or always having ice cream. I think that's when you have to like step back and address your own relationship with food because like Tara, like our goal, Tarek and I is like to, to help people get to the point where like they can make a decision, like if they want ice cream or not. And it's not like influenced by whether your boyfriend's eating it or not. Like, you know what I mean? It's right. not like he's eating it. So what the hell? I'm just going to eat it too. It's like, do I feel like eating ice cream right now? How will that make me feel? You know, is this something I'm craving? Things like that. So I think that's would be such a good opportunity for people to like step back and address their own relationship with food. Kind of like you said, like being able to make your own decisions rather than being so highly influenced by, um, like, like you said, kind of going from one end of the spectrum to the other. Because yeah, um, to me, it makes me think makes me think when someone sees their partner having ice cream and then they get mad at their partner, it kind of makes me feel like you're clearly, it sounds like you're restricting yourself from Yeah, there's something Sounds like you want it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very clear, really, really great point, Hannah, because that's a really great way to actually assess if you're healing your relationship with food. So I work with a lot of people who have a history of disordered eating Mm. and also binge eating disorder. Yeah. That's usually what my specialty is, is helping them to, you know, manage their binges and And um, one way to monitor progress with that is really like being able to know that like they could, they can leave ice cream and cookies and their sweets and their favorite foods in the house. So initially we might not do that, but at, at a certain point, like we, yeah, we need to be able to like be able to have that around and not feel like it has control over you, but rather you have control over it. Yes. And so that that is ultimately like one way to assess, like if you're healing your relationship with food. So I really like that point that you just made. Yeah. I talk about that all the time. Like people, again, like it's, it's another kind of like normalized disordered eating habit where people like swear off foods or swear off, you know, keeping certain foods in the house. And they're like, well, if I kept chips in the house, I would just eat them all the time. And it's like, no, that's like, you have some work to do with your relationship with food Mm -hmm. there. You have to like, exactly. I like that you said, um, have control over the food and not necessarily like be super controlling of your diet, not in that sense, but just being able to, I don't know, knowing that it's there and you can have it whenever you want to have it rather than like being so anxious that it's there. And like, as soon as you open the bag, you're going to eat it all. So, um, I don't know. I talk about that a lot. And I think that that's such, I love that you said it. Um, yeah, so Tony, you're kind of like queen of one-liners. I have to <laughs> Thank <say>. you. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. it's cause I started, it's, it's through developing like my writing skills that have helped me make a better speaker. Honestly, it's yeah. actually, so when I knew I was going to do the Ted talk, so first preparing for the Ted talk, it was like, 
thinking, okay, this is going to be more than just like a 10 minute talk. Like I, there's a lot of information here. So I decided I was going to write the book. So I hired a writing coach to help me with the process. And through that, I've noticed just like all these, just my way of delivering information has just improved so much. So, and also Hannah, I do want to make a note because I'm really glad that you caught me on that. I don't like to use the word control, but I use it because I feel like people understand and associate. Yeah, no, but what no, I, I actually what teach meant. my clients actually is to just switch the word control to in charge. So I'm in charge of my diet. And when you use that language for so whatever reason, it just makes a big difference in the way people just address or handle their eating behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. I like that in charge. And like, and I, I liked almost like putting your body in charge too. I like that. And like letting mm-hmm. your, cause we talk about listening to your body and, and, you know, gathering data about your body and what it likes and what it craves. And so that's almost like, yeah, like letting your body be in charge and, and listening to that and honoring that. So really? one thing we saw on your website is that you've talked about social drinking and healthy living and like how the two intertwine or if they can be intertwined. So we think that, and we've seen that, you know, heavy drinking is a part of our collective culture, especially, you know, around our ages and, you know, for young people. So what tips can you give about incorporating drinking and a healthy lifestyle? Or is this some stuff that you've encountered with clients? Yeah. I mean, well, very often, um, drinking alcohol can is part of just getting together with friends it's even for work people get together to you know to maybe how like get together with a potential client or something like it might be part of your job it might be um, something that you enjoy doing uh, in the summer and all that stuff but the point is is that if anything that you enjoy you don't need to take that out so it goes back to same thing like you know maybe fried foods or maybe like sweets and stuff like that and so it's not good or bad it just is what it is obviously we know those foods in excess can lead to certain chronic diseases down the line Um, and also alcohol in excess can be you know you don't want to develop an alcohol dependent it can, if you are someone who struggles with um, anxiety or depression, it can make those symptoms worse. If you struggle with binge eating disorder, it could potentially make those symptoms worse. So, um, it can, and so there's a lot of reasons why it might not be beneficial to incorporate in your life. But if you wanted to do it and learning how to knowing what your limit is, then that would apply the same way we would talk about, you know, fried foods and sweets and stuff like that. It's just figuring out how much is enough and then how much is too much. Um, With that, you know, you want to, you know, try to choose beverages that, um, you know, are lower in added sugar, um, you know, maybe aren't, you know, super high in calories, if that's important to you, if you're on like a weight management plan or something like that. Um, but point being is that we don't want to get to a point where we're, you know, if you can't handle more than three drinks in in a sitting, because it means you skip your workout the next day, then you sleep in and then you don't do your responsibilities. And then you end up, you know, um, it also, you end up overeating because it stimulates your appetite or whatever it is, then that's not something we want. That's something we want to look at. Right. So then we would probably say that your drink limit would be two drinks or three drinks, just nothing more than that. Um, and obviously staying hydrated with water and and drinking responsibly, but there's no reason why you can't. Um, include, you know, a, a glass of wine at the end of the night or a couple drinks out with friends on the weekend. Um, that's totally something that can be part of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I mean, yeah, I even think like you said, like a lot of times, I just feel like a lot of times when we get, I don't know, when we have better relationships with food and, and 
even alcohol and our bodies, we start to realize that drinking in excess, again, because we're collecting data about our bodies, it, it doesn't necessarily make us feel the best, um, right. especially the next day. Even like for me, that's definitely something that um, obviously, you know, in university and, and things like that, I engaged in excessive drinking and, and things like that. But over the years, and especially as, you know, I've improved my relationship with food and my body and made, you know, healthy living more about how I feel than anything else. Um, Mm -hmm. I find that I'm just so much more balanced with drinking alcohol too. Like, it's not that I, um, don't do it or that I restrict it, but it's just like, I usually just know that like, once I've had two drinks or whatever, I'm usually at, like, I'm at my limit and I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's good for me. It's not like I even have to really set out limits. It's just kind of like, oh, like, I'm good. That's good for me. You know, obviously there's the odd occasion or something like that where there might be more, but usually it's way more easy to just kind of have that limit set for me or set by my body, right? Because my body's in charge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Frog in my throat here one sec. This is a big question. So in on this podcast, we talk about nutrition BS. Like that's what we're addressing, right? We're no BS nutrition. So what nutrition BS do you encounter the most and how do you address it? I'm really yeah. curious about this. Yeah. Um, well, so, you know, fortunately I've built my platform up and Hannah, you probably get this too, where people will reach out to you to like sponsor their products. Cause I know you mm-hmm. have a big social media following. Mm-hmm. So like very often it's like, Oh, because they notice that I'm a dietitian or like I talk about being healthy or whatever. So they'll, they'll literally, it'll just be like a DM about like, I think you'd really like this product. Yeah. Will you share about it or whatever? And it, it's usually something that's BS. Um, something from like a detox tea or a supplement or whatever. And I don't always say no right away. I always just say, I reviewed a little, I always go to their site and I'm like, I don't see any scientific evidence or studies. Can you please send them to me? And I, it's always crickets after that. Oh yeah. Totally. Love that. Yeah. I love that. Like, <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so then I know, okay, yeah. not worth my time, my energy or whatever. <laughs> yes. Okay. So Tarek and I have even had some experiences like getting or in the process of getting certain guests on the podcast. And then we like through the process of just like chatting with them via email, we like start to realize that Mm-hmm. I, I literally just had that experience yes. I don't know what to do because I like already agreed and I'm just like I don't oh. we might need to talk off pod Tony because yeah. maybe we can help each other a little bit <laughs> like, we are, we've bad. run into that situation where we slightly like realize that okay they're not supported like what they're saying is not supported by any evidence and then we like kind of call it out and we're like can you maybe provide some evidence or talk a little bit more on that just so we can make sure we're on the same page and then like you said crickets like it's just like oh people get really defensive yeah really quickly yeah they do they really do I agree that's definitely for me as well something I experienced like getting requests to promote products or um, supplements that just have no like you said no evidence behind them and and that's a struggle I feel like oh yeah people fall for that stuff so easily when they're promised that this supplement's going to do this or whatnot and and you think like oh it's a supplement company they they must be legit you know what I mean Um, Mm -hmm. but we know that the regulation for supplements isn't that rigorous and Mm -hmm. um, so yeah definitely BS there so we're just about 
at our 40 minute time here. Um, but maybe quickly you can tell us where our listeners can find and follow you online. Sure. So probably the best place is Instagram at yeah. tips underscore with underscore Tony. That's Tony with an I. Or if you want more information about my services, my courses, my one-on-one coaching, you can go to www.tipswithtony.com. Amazing. I love tips with Tony. That's so catchy. Love it. I love Thanks. it. Again, Another queen, one-liner. Queen of one-liners. Yeah. <laughs> queen of one-liners. Tony yeah. Marucci. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tony, for coming on the podcast. We really, this was such a fun conversation. I, thank I you so for having fun. me. I had a great yes, time. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. So Tarek, why don't you tell me what's been tasty for you this week? Well, uh, just to keep with the theme of the episode, oh my God. after that wonderful interview with Tony, um, and our wonderful BS of the week from you, uh, especially my BS, my, my BS, my BS <laughs> of the tastiest. Oh my God. I'm losing it. I'm losing said, We're doing I, everything. I said, we're doing everything out of order. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. I'm not getting your um, jokes. You're doing things. Out of I know, order, but I, I, my jokes are bad as usual. <laughs> no, they're not. Nothing's you're funny. Okay. Um, okay. My tasty is actually something I'm hearkening back to childhood. With oh, my I love these tasties. Just a very classic peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <gasps> Obsessed. Cla- white bread, Mm-mm-mm, peanut butter. Yummy. Crunchy for me. That's what I prefer. Yeah, we heard if it. You're in a family of smooth. Yeah, if you're, if you're a smooth family, that's between you and you your know family. your family. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to be, I don't need, I don't need to hear about that. Okay, keep that in your house. <sighs> um. With jam, uh, preferably, I love a strawberry jam. Maybe uh, you know what my, I do love raspberry jam. That I love be, strawberry. I'll be my preference. And crunchy and smooth peanut butter. I'm really not. I don't really have a preference. I love both. That's how much really? I love peanut butter. I actually do. I will eat both, but I purchase crunchy. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. If no. The you restaurant know what? And they're smooth. I'll eat the smooth. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I purchase crunchy. I will say I purchase smooth, but. Typically, that's because that's for recipe development purposes. Like if I'm usually from my blog or something, oh, if I'm using, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, when I use peanut butter sure. recipes, I usually use smooth. For texture. Yeah, exactly. That makes but sense. I love that. I am such a fan of a good PB&J. And um, like untoasted bread too. Yeah, so it's when like it's soft. so soft. Oh, yeah, I gosh. love it. It's just, it's magic. It's magic in your mouth. It's, it, uh, it's like, I don't know. It's just like that perfect it's not a full meal, obviously, but it's like even like as a snack, it's like a really like good snack, like a, a sturdy snack. It you know is, I mean? you know, no, because you're getting like like again with the peanut butter, you're getting protein and fat, and then the bread, some carbs. Like it's really a good like mm, keeps you full. And I it's love like it. that perfect balance between savory and sweet. It is, yeah, it really is. Oh, now so I'm just like tasty. gonna eat PB and J's for the rest of the week. Yeah, that's like when we talked about boiled eggs. I ate boiled eggs like every day. Did you really? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, I feel like boiled eggs aren't nearly as good as PB&J, but PB&J Anyways. is next level. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I have yeah. to ask you then. Yeah. What's been tasty for you? Okay, so I actually have a really exciting tasty this week. Okay. Um, so like I said, I was just, it's Monday today, and I just got home from PEI. I spent the weekend with... Pat and two of our friends. It's another couple that we adore. If you're listening, we love. Carrie, I love you. Davis probably isn't listening. Um, <laughs> okay, but- Davis, you're banned from the podcast. <laughs> but um, we 
went to their, well, it was our friend Davis, his parents' cottage, and his parents were there, and they prepared some, like, amazing meals while we were there which was so oh i love that i love when parents you know like what even though we're older now but like when parents make meals it's like i know like you just feel so loved you You do you really do so um our friend's mom she is a great cook and i've always heard like just excuse me over the years like how good of a cook she is and all the different dishes that she makes and she made on saturday night i'm just gonna take a sip of water here you know all i'm thinking about is like did she make like shepherd's pie i feel like that's what parents make they make like big shepherd's pie she didn't make a shepherd's pie she she's pretty actually like adventurous with her cooking and she made a i don't know if you ever heard of this because i hadn't heard of it it's called cataplana 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 that's what she calls it greek it's portuguese Portuguese. Okay, I'm looking it up as you talk to me. Okay, so basically what it is, there's a couple different variations of it, but the one that she made... Looks awesome. It's amazing. So it's just like a big seafood dish. It's full of like various seafoods, so shrimp and fish and scallops and mussels and clams, and then some... Um, spicy chorizo as well. I think it's like jambalaya vibes. It's like jambalaya. Yeah. But, and it's in like, it's in a very like thin tomato sauce. It's almost like a broth and it's got, so it's got all that seafood and then it's got some peppers and onions and garlic and herbs. Like she put cilantro in it. Oh my gosh. And you just, you eat it with bread. So you eat like the seafood and you dip the bread in the broth. And so there's something about seafood too. That's like, it's not, it doesn't like, it fills you up in like a really satisfying way. It's not it heavy. It does. Oh my gosh. I, that's exactly how I felt after the meal. Like I was full and so satisfied, but I wasn't like, I need, I didn't need to take a nap. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. Yeah. Which is fine. I love feeling oh, like that, that too. Oh, that sounds so sweet. But I love when parents do that. I it was amazing. Parents... We were so grateful because that was just such a beautiful meal that she prepared for like, obviously her kid and, and his girlfriend, but then Pat and I too, like we were just like, oh my gosh so sweet that's so nice yeah oh i love yeah. that and it like looks so amazing too yeah it was amazing so that was my taste also like week. even though it's portuguese like very looks like a very classic like um maritime thing to make oh totally yeah because all the seafood and we we're in pei like tons of seafood there so yeah yeah for everyone for anyone listening if you're in what is it munich pei is a province in canada <laughs> go check out go check out carrie's mom's cottage <laughs> davis's mom's cottage yeah oh right davis's mom's cottage yeah so anyways um yeah i wanted to share that because i was really appreciative it was so delicious and yeah i love that that makes me really really want mussels now <laughs> oh yeah so one night we had mussels like just mussels as well which was amazing oh, too nice. yeah it was a oh, real wow. treat wow yeah oh, i love that so much that's such a good tasty now I thank want you yeah you'll have to get some i'm so happy for you that sounds lovely thank you well thank you for sharing your taste that was lovely and listeners thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the interview with tony because it was so much fun for us we had so much fun chatting with tony like she was just her vibes i don't know it was just so fun she was super upbeat and um you know a lot of the things that we talked about i don't know i just felt were they were a little more it would put a fun spin on talking about nutrition, you know, talking about totally. dating and yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So make sure you guys follow us on all our social media pages. We'll link them in the description below and subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and a review, please. 
and we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Okay. Bye. bye.